afternoon, everyone, or good morning, wherever you are. Uh, my name is Jean Gallagher, founder of Discover Rising Tides, and welcome to show 40, Discover Rising Tides, How the Outside Makes the Inside Better, where we explore the importance of the outdoors in maintaining life balance. And through this series, we'll be talking to women business owners to understand their journey and to get us started as we integrated into the program as permanent, gray, is um, will we have, um, Denise will have our healthy living health, health oof, let me start that over. Denise will have our healthy living, happy life segment. And Denise is, a, Denise Stigall is an author, curator at Living Healthy List and Healthy Living Liaison. And this month's topic she'll be talking about is nourishing ourselves. And also we will have Lynn Schuster-Williams in her Rising Up segment. And Lynn is an author and founder of Uprising Unstoppable Powerful Women Community and producer of the Be More Conference. And then in between Denise and um, Lynn, we'll be talking with our, with our main guest, Mary. And so first let's get started with Denise. And how are you today, Denise? I'm doing great. How are you, Jean? Very, very well, thank you. Good to have you here. Good to be here. And I'm really excited about your subject for the month and how it integrates with our talk with Mary Lumberding. So tell us, tell us about what you have for us today. So today I'd like to talk about nourishment, not just about eating and food, but really nourishing our bodies and what that means and how we can do that. When we nourish ourselves with the right food, uh, we are really able to give ourselves the, the energy and the oomph that we need. Uh, you know, we always talk about you know, how the outside makes the inside better and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And so essentially, when we are nourishing ourselves by eating real food, those are the foods that are grown outdoors and nourished by the earth. So earth nourishing the food that we are then nourishing ourselves with. You know, it's amazing. And I think we're going to talk about this with Mary too. I know we are, because I'm going to bring it up, <laughs> but it, a lot of people don't realize where their food comes from. And I live in California and where a lot of the food for the United States is grown. And it's amazing what's behind how we get our broccoli to the table. But also I think what's also important is to understand the quality of the food that we're using to nourish ourselves, correct? Oh, absolutely. Um, so you're in California where most of the food is grown or a good majority of it. Mm -hmm. I'm in Minnesota where um, we grow corn and soybeans like in four months of the year. So the food that grows here is very different. Um, we have a short growing season. So those of us who have farms and, you know, some of the, the small farmers who are here in, in Minnesota, they really have a short growing season. And so what we can grow here is quite limited. And so we have to uh, bring in a lot of food from different places. And when we think quality, you know, we always think, you know, fresh food or fresh veggies and fresh um, fruit is probably the best, mm -hmm. but not always. You know, in January, when, you know, foods are maybe not at their peak, maybe that's the time to be actually looking to frozen vegetables as opposed to um, fresh vegetables, because one, they're not in season and they may not even be in season truly where they're, where they're being grown. They're kind of encouraged to grow. Mm -hmm. 
But then, of course, the uh, getting getting the food, transporting it from where where it is to Minnesota or to wherever your table may be. Um, that's a there's a long uh, there's a long time between picking food and it being picked up from the grocery store when mm -hmm. you go shopping. And so the food quality, as soon as food is cut off the, the stem or the, the tree or where it are picked, um, the food quality starts to go down immediately. Mm -hmm. And so how do we, how do we um, find out how our food is nurturing us, nurturing us or how do we find out what foods we should be eating? I always think... First and foremost, you know, eat locally. If you're in California, that's easy. Um, but also, even when you're here uh, here in Minnesota, eating locally is a little different um, in the fact that I really encourage people to, in the summer times uh, and in the, in the fall until um, really till the first snowfall, um, to go to the farmer's markets, to go even to the supermarkets, but really to the farmer's markets and to buy food in bulk, to do some canning, to do some freezing, um, and so kind of like our ancestors used to. So this way, you know, the quality of food, you know, if you buy food from a, uh, from a local farmer at a farmer's market that they are one here, they're usually smaller, uh, smaller farms. And they'll tell you right, right. As you walk in, um, whether they're organic or whatever, you know, whatever you're looking for. Most of them here, many of them here are organic, but not all. Mm -hmm. um, and that's okay, because truly when you're getting food from the source uh, is much better than uh, food that's coming that you're buying at in that the supermarket is buying in bulk and transporting it. So that's one of the things that I say to tell people is really try to do some of that in the summertime and kind of prepare one of the things I always talk about is to plan to prioritize and prepare. Mm -hmm. And uh, kind of like the story that always makes me, uh, that I always think of is um, in the summertime, you know, the, the squirrels are still very busy, you know, getting walnuts and, and kind of putting them aside um, because in the wintertime, he's not going to have that, uh, you know, there's not going to be as much food around. So he has it stored. So he's already planning and preparing. It could be July and things are great. The weather's wonderful and the, the food is, in, you know, is plentiful, but come a few months later, it won't be. So kind of act like, you know, the squirrel and start squirreling food away um, and, you know, preparing it in a way that it can be canned or frozen. So you have it in the wintertime when those foods, especially foods like tomatoes, mm -hmm. um, tomatoes this time of year here taste, they have no taste. Right. Not exactly sure why we're eating them. Right. So, but if you've canned uh, tomatoes or frozen tomatoes, I tend to um, slow bake them and then freeze them. Mm -hmm. They're incredibly delicious because you, you, they were picked at the peak of season and then you, um, you cooked them and process, I hate the word process, but in a way you process them mm -hmm. in your own home. Um, and so, you know, one, where the food came from and you know, it's high quality. The quality, the quality really makes a difference with the nutritional value. Absolutely. It, it, it does. You know, obviously, depending on where you live, there are foods that you're not going to be able to get locally. So you have to go to your supermarket and get what, you know, get what's there, mm -hmm. um, purchase what's there. But again, if you can look to see what they have in the freezer, Frozen vegetables are actually frozen as soon as they're picked. So they're actually picked and frozen um, 
really quickly um, after being picked. So it's at their peak um, freshness, which means best nutrition. So when it comes to quality, yes, sometimes frozen is actually better than um, fresh. There's, yeah, there's no question. Canopies is really disgusting. Ooh, yeah. Tell you. <laughs> yeah, um, canned, canned fruits and veggies and, and beans are a bit of a challenge. I know for some people, you know, cans of beans are a staple. The challenge, of course, there is, you know, the, the metal that the cans are in. And, you know, metal contamination is, is a thing. Mm -hmm. You know, but the metals, you know, um, heavy metals do get into our body. And as we get older, you know, it just accumulates. And we really don't know how that's going to affect our health at some point. Some people are very, very um, sensitive to uh, heavy metals from canned tuna, canned beans. Um, and it manifests in a way that, you know, they're sick or they have an autoimmune disease or they have something that, it, that the doctors can't um, exactly uh, understand. Mm -hmm. And working with a naturopath, what I found many times with, with clients is there's a metal issue, heavy metal issue. And so that's why I tend to stay away from canned, um, canned foods. Mm. And so as people are trying to figure out where they are within this nutritional journey, um, what suggestions or what resources do you have or how can, how can you give them a hand through that process? Oh, sure. So the thing that I talk about is eat real food eat real food. And I talk about it in my book. <laughs> I love that. I always have this book right here, um, healthy living, happy life. And it's eat real food, make a decision and be accountable. And all three of them go together. Eating real food is really, uh, for me is the way to succeed in your professional, personal, physical goals. All of the things that we're looking to do in our lives starts with what we're eating. And so really looking at the, you know, the real foods, which I mean, you know, whole minimally processed foods as close to their natural state, mm -hmm. um, fruits, veggies, whole grains, uh, lean proteins, and um, healthy fats. So if we focus on those as like an 80%, you know, kind of like that 80-20 rule, if 80% of the time you're focusing on those foods, 20% of the time, you know, you can have the donuts or the pizza, which incidentally are my two favorite foods. It is not broccoli and it is not cabbage. <laughs> I love I love pizza and donuts, but they are 20% of my, if that, they're 20% of my uh, my diet and 80% really is those, those foods that are nourishing my body. The donuts and the pizza nourish something a little different. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be real. You know, they're comfort foods, you know, they taste good. Um, and sometimes, you know, you got to live a little. Yeah, that's true. Every once in a while, the donut does help, but you can't grow the donut in the garden. <laughs> Cannot grow the donut in the garden. No. Um, again, those are, those are, those are kind of those, those um, occasional foods. Mm -hmm. You know, I always, I always talk to um, a children's group here uh, locally, and I always ask them this one silly question. How many times do you, how often does mom make a birthday cake for you? And they will look at me like, well, on my birthday, one time a year, that day. And so, you know, it's those occasional foods or the foods we enjoy on an occasion that make them special. Mm. You eat them all the time. They're not special anymore. Moderation. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Great. 
Thanks, Denise. You're welcome. That's, that's really, that's, it's, it is very interesting. And then just to remind people, um, how can they get in touch with you or find out more? Uh, they can always find me on livinghealthylist.com. Uh, that is my uh, website. It is the free resource that I offer. Uh, you can find me there or you can find me on uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram under okay. Living Healthy List. Great. Thanks so much, as always. Thank you. Hello, Mary. And I think you might be muted. Check your... Yep. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Welcome. Welcome. Thank and I'd you. like to introduce introduce you, Mary Lumberding. And, and let me just read your quick bio and then we'll dive in. So Mary is an accredited chef and a cooking coach. And, and as a personal chef, she helps busy people make healthy, easy, cost-effective meals and have fun in the kitchen. A music selection like Uptown Funk by Bruno Mars is very helpful. That does help too. <laughs> and occasionally we pause for some dancing. Good food, good food helps us to be healthy so we can enjoy our lives. And Mary works with clients individually and in small groups. So welcome. I'm, I'm excited to have you here. And so tell everybody where you're located. I'm in Victoria, BC, Canada on the Pacific Coast. The beautiful Victoria, BC, Canada. Yes. I shared with you my quick trip. We uh, took the ferry over. We were there for like 10 minutes and we took the ferry back. Yes. <laughs> Bad planning on my part, but it was really, it was gorgeous. Yeah. And I look forward to going back to spend some more time. And so, you know, it's funny as we um, unplanned, to be honest, that Denise's subject was really talk, her subject this month was talking about nourishing and how we had planned to talk about you and your your practice and cooking and coaching but also your gardening and yes. and so tell us a little bit about you and your journey and how things have started for you and where where things are at now thank you well i did start as a as a professional cook i heard my papers in toronto and worked in restaurants then i moved on to the public service and raised my son he's learned to cook for himself mm -hmm is doing really well. When he made sandwiches for himself, it's when he was working, he'd make his own bread, slice it about half an inch thick, cook his chicken chicken breasts, and then make a sandwich. His sandwich was this <laughs> People at work just laughed at him, but uh, he worked in a warehouse and he needed lots of energy. So um, he's doing really well. And also, we like to grow vegetables. My yes. husband and I rented some land for a while and sold it, sold it at the local farm market for three years, which was a lot of fun because we grew a lot of different vegetables. So um, we had seven kinds of radishes for a while. I made radish bunches that I would bunch together and they look like a bouquet of flowers because of all the different colors. Gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> and we would also convince people to try different things like apple cucumbers or lemon cucumbers. Mm -hmm. Because at the stores, they don't get that variety. They get the regular English cucumber or the little short one. So it was fun. And now we just have our own vegetable garden and we can garden almost all year because it's so mild here. Mm. 
Yeah. yeah. So, so how did your, um, how did your, um, business and cooking, uh, work towards becoming a, a coach in the kitchen? Well, I like to encourage people to cook for themselves, um, with some planning, it can be done. Mm -hmm. I, we used to go out to eat regularly, but then we got kind of broke for a while and maxed out the cards. So we just, I just said, you know, that's it. We can't afford to go out. And I started to plan. And I hear from people, they don't even want to be in the kitchen, never mind cooking. Mm -hmm. It's like, how do you make it more fun? And as a cooking coach, I encourage people to figure out how, how to enjoy their time in the kitchen. And also when they took, take cooking lessons, they go home with a fistful of recipes. Who's, who knows if they have the skill and the ingredients, the ability to make it at home anyway. Mm -hmm. So, And do you think that that, you know, so there's a lot of, um, I don't know what you call them, you mail order food dinners, like oh, yeah. Um, yeah. hello fresh and oh, all of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so that's really, I think that hasn't that started or really ignited the thought process to cook at home? Yeah, there's still two schools of thought because I, I've seen a lot of people resist cooking, but mm -hmm. they're excellent. One of my friends gifted me a week with HelloFresh and it was very interesting. The recipe cards are, are very helpful and the ingredients make it really easy to throw together the meal. A friend, mm -hmm. uh, my friend's family gifted her one year of HelloFresh and that got her cooking. So she reuses the cards and continues to cook. And, so, and it really is all about breaking it down into smaller pieces so, um, so that it becomes more accessible or not so overwhelming. It's like starting anything new. And it's interesting because I came from a family of people that cooked. And it was, you know, we never went out to dinner. We out, there was always food happening and we always had a garden. And my yeah. husband was a chef at one point and our kids grew up in the kitchen and our, both of our kids, our, my son and my daughter are both very proficient. Yes, I know, right? Very <laughs> proficient in the kitchen. And that just seemed normal to me. And, and then, but, it's, but it, the culture doesn't really make it that normal, unfortunately. Don't you find that true? Yes, there's a generation that didn't grow up cooking, mm -hmm. but now their kids are not cooking either because they've never seen their parents cook. And they think, well, it's dinner time. Where are we going to go to eat? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. And, and, and so as you're working through the, what does it look like? To, so your coaching program, working with, um, with people in the kitchen. What does that look like? Is it different individually versus a group situation? And how does that work? Well, if I'm working with an individual, uh, we'll do an assessment together and figure out what their goal and, and reason for contacting me. And yeah, we'll check with their skill level, uh, their tools that they have in the kitchen, make sure the kitchen's organized and they have to be able to shop effectively, whether it's mm -hmm. online or in person, knowing how to find food in the grocery store. I've seen, mm -hmm. I've seen guys with lists from their girlfriend and they're staring at the mushrooms and deciding whether they want brown ones or white ones. And they'll stand <laughs> there for like five minutes, you know, so it's quite, 
I watch people at, at the grocery store and it's just like, really? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. so, so you're sending them with a little bit more information than just the list. <laughs> yeah. Well, I sometimes I'll stop and ask if they need some help. Mm -hmm. but, uh, it's quite funny. And yeah, if, if I'm working with someone, I'll, I'll we'll assess where they're at and where they want to go and, and work together to develop a plan. And if it's a group, I have one idea about doing small groups and that's around appetizers. Mm. So have an appetizer party and lead that into a, like a movie night, you know, instead of going to the deli and picking up all the stuff in the clamshells that you can, you can just buy a few ingredients and throw some appetizers together yourself. And that can be part of the party is people working together in the kitchen, getting ready for movie night. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. That's a great idea. And so as you're, as you're um, helping people and walking them through the steps of how to, how to begin, what do you think, what do you, how do we change this? I guess you are changing it. Number one, by even uh -huh. um, by person, by one person at a time or within your group situation, but what do you find that people are, what is the hesitation of getting in the kitchen? What do you think that's in, that's preventing a lot of people from getting started? I had one client who was told she was no good in the kitchen and <laughs> her husband always did the cooking. And um, I think she just needed a bit of guidance mm -hmm. to be able to change it. Um, I, I think it's just keeping keeping reminding people that their their health is at stake mm -hmm. you know like that's a way of fighting cancer you know a lot of cancers are tied to diet mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's uh, the the cost of food you know people are being motivated to learn to cook because their health their their diet um, social reasons you know, it's a way of getting together and having a good time with with neighbors and friends and family. You know, if if you can bring them together and have a good time in the kitchen and then sit down and enjoy a meal together, mm. you know, so and, and such a, a feeling of self-accomplishment too, bringing your friends and your family together, but also doing creating a meal together. Is, as yeah. well, it's not just the breaking the breaking of the bread part of it. It is yes. let's let's create and do this as a as a group to bring bring the fun into the bring the as you say bring the fun into the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are some of the popular um, meals that people are asking for that you're providing guidance over? Um, mostly easy things like. One of my favorites is uh, slow cookers. You can use a slow cooker and, and set up the ingredients the night before and the kids can be helping with that as well. Then in the morning, you just throw it into the, into the pot, turn it on and then come home when you open the door after dinner, after work and dinner is ready. You and know, the house smells, smells good. The house smells fantastic. Yes. So. I like the idea of getting the kids involved because quite often children can be picky eaters mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, and having them involved or having food being fun 
can also help their curiosity level on, gee, what does this thing taste like? Or they can see how it was put together. So maybe they might be a little bit more open to try something different, do you think? Yes, and it also helps with making decisions. They can help to decide what which mm. vegetable goes in next or which selection of, of vegetables. They can help with the selection at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, one of the things I, I actually learned from my husband was how to involve my son at, at the store because it was so frustrating taking him shopping. And so he's the one that would fill the bag of the mushrooms and, and select different vegetables and, and things. So getting the kids involved and making decisions, um, following recipes helps them with their orientation and with their brains, brain mm. skills. So there were a lot of different things involved in cooking. There, there are, there are some math, quite a lot of math skills. It's easy to learn fractions if you're cooking. Yes, yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, so let's talk a little bit about the gardening piece because this is something for for me when my kids were growing up. We and I was living in Maine. We always had a garden, and um, the kids were in the garden. The dogs were in the garden. They were so it was okay because they were they were in charge of eating peas. They were really good at it. <laughs> without pulling the yeah. without pulling the whole bush out of the out of the ground, they they it was it's an art. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, and so let's talk a little bit about the gardening por portion too, because when you and I let I'd love to talk about farmers markets because farmers markets every Saturday I'm at the farmers market and it, it makes me, honestly, it makes me happy. It is, it is a highlight. And so this time of year, even though in California, I'm in Northern California. So um, there are shoulder seasons of food, like Denise was talking about buying what's in season. And so, but also shopping what's in season is also important. And so I, I wish, or I hope that people have access to a local farmer's market because it does not only does it provide you with fresh fruit, fruits and veggies it is it is supporting the supporting your community and supporting the local farmers but you also have a better idea of the quality of the food that you're buying that's right our grocery stores are starting to buy more of the local produce as well mm -hmm. which i think the consumer is driving and it's but if you can focus on that when you're shopping, like you say, the asparagus is coming out now, but it's from Mexico and who mm -hmm. knows what's been sprayed on it. Mm -hmm. You know, so wait till the local asparagus is ready, for for example. And but the grocery stores, if you watch what the signs say, you can buy some very good local produce at the grocery store as well. It is all about paying attention and making sure that you are conscious of what you're buying and conscious of, of making the effort for finding something local and, and looking in your area, what's a, it, what is it like in your area for finding a, a local farmer's market or what's the, what do you find is the best way to do that and so that maybe other people have a better chance of finding a farmer's market in their area? Well, in my area, there, there are flyers that go out and also the Facebook sites. Mm. Um, there's neighbor, next door neighbor, I think it's called. There's an app that you can get and you can ask your neighbors what's, what's out there. 
uh, I think they're getting very savvy at letting people know where their markets are because other if people aren't visiting the market they're not going to survive right so right it, yes and it is important to support the local farmers and and because the local farmers um their ability to continue is is based upon your attendance but also the weather too uh depending upon where yeah. where you're located where people are located across the country, different growing seasons, but also different, you know, one summer can be wetter or drier than another summer. And here in California, we're experiencing a ton of water. Right. Yes. <laughs> Never yeah. thought I'd put those words into one sentence and then start it with California. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what the the effect of the rain that we're having has on the vegetables that, mm -hmm. that the state is producing for for yeah. us um but but the so i think one thing that people don't realize that um a cucumber is not always green that's right well yeah yeah there's the apple cucumber and the lemon cucumber another thing about buying vegetables there's the boxes that you can buy for there's csa i can't remember what csa stands for but there's a box you can buy each week and and quite often the supplier will give you recipes too, especially if it's something that you don't normally prepare. And sometimes people get too much of some things, and, but you can, some of them let you choose what you pick mm -hmm. each week. So you have to shop around and, and pick out a supplier that is going to give you what you need. That's really a great idea, Mary, because I think it's a community supported agriculture, CSA. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, I'd look it up, but yes, but their, their farms, farms in our area have C, um, CSA boxes as well. And, and also, you know, some of that takes away the, the time that it takes to go to the farmer's market or the, uh -huh. the it makes it more convenient for yeah. the decision making. And you can, you can receive a box every week. It's like Christmas. You don't know what's going to be in it until you get it. And, right, yes. and then and then that can also help plan your foods for the week. If you receive a new box, you have new foods and you have some and some fun to work with it. So um, the CSA is a fantastic way. That's a great idea for people to look for in order to, mm -hmm. to have a great source assortment of um, fruits and vegetables. Yeah. And people can grow their own, some of their own vegetables quite easily. If they grow flowers, they can grow kale or char, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and a few herbs. So if you have a bit of sun, but if you don't have sun, then you find a family or, or neighbor or somebody who does have sun and would like to share a garden. And, and it can be quite easy. Yeah, so um, let's talk a little bit about that too, about growing, growing your own or starting something. But before we do that, I'm going to take a segue back because I had a little, a little birdie whisper in my ear, and it was a really <laughs> great idea because, and I forgot all about this. I've heard about it, but I don't know much about it. it is the misfit boxes, and so what those are are produce that's not perfect. Maybe uh -huh. it's not as shiny as it's supposed to be, but honestly if it's if it's not sprayed it's not going to be as shiny as it's supposed to be right but it's still the, but the nutrition value is probably higher but finding the finding a way to for the misfit 
process, process, finding the misfit boxes, that's a really great way to get produce and um, there's nothing wrong with it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to make banana bread, it doesn't matter what color, you know, if the bananas are kind of brown or if you can get some that are brown and you're not using them all. I read, I saw recently, you can just mush them up, put them in a Ziploc bag and freeze it. That put them way. in the freezer. Put them in the freezer. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And then they're, they're ready for you when you decide to, to bake that loaf of bread. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if somebody wanted to start their own garden and you know, when you say start your own garden, it sounds like you're going to be hoeing an acre yeah. of dirt, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> right. So, so let's break it down because it can be, it can be containers on your back porch, right? Absolutely. Or on your condo deck. One of my friends has a lot of pots around her deck. Mm-hmm. As long as you have some sun, you can grow something. And, and so what are, what are easy crops for easy types of vegetables for people to start to grow? Mm-hmm. Well, at the grocery store or your local garden center, you can buy the little six packs and now they're making variety packages now. So some of them will have cauliflower and broccoli. Mm. Just put into a bigger pot and you can buy the bigger pots through like a used site where people have extra ones. And you don't need to go to the store and buy really expensive ones. Um, you can save some of those clamshells that your spinach came in and fill it up with some dirt pop some seeds in for lettuce greens or Mm. little plants for the lettuce greens and stick it into the clamshell put it in some sunshine give it water once in a while what a great idea have your own lettuce What a great, what a great idea. And that's just reusing something that's going to go in the garbage anyways. And, and you can find, you can probably find some pots, even on like a Facebook marketplace or something that would be fairly inexpensive to do the backyard or the condo deck um, gardens, containers. Uh And, And so just as simply of going to a garden store or even a local even like a local Walmart or something to find some good quality dirt. But I think that yes. the dirt, it, well, I don't think, I know the dirt is one of the most important parts to have good quality. That's right. And so what should people be looking for when they're buying is you're not just buying a bag of dirt. You have to make sure that it's correct. Um, when you're buying it, yeah, you want it from a reputable seller, mm-hmm. but I think if if someone is bagging dirt, it's it's fine when you buy it, mm-hmm. keeping that level. So you have to like feed the plant afterwards. Mm-hmm. You buy the dirt. I'm not an aficionado on no, dirt. <laughs> if I'm looking for a bag of dirt, when I was at the local store, I I know the supplier that. Mm-hmm may put the dirt together and it also said that it had all these different like compost and the um the charcoal and and different bits in it Mm -hmm. yep and so potting soil and then and so finding a container making sure that there's good drainage in the container a good quality potting soil and then this and then some seedlings and making sure that you're there's sunshine and water and the garden will arrive yes and if you have kids, then go for the cherry tomatoes because they love picking off 
the mm. tomatoes when they're ripe. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, definitely. And and so incorporating that into the activities for a family, I think, is a is a fantastic idea to get the kids involved, for them to learn where you know where does good quality, where do does good quality food come from? Yes. Yeah. Not just from a truck or a grocery store. <laughs> it comes mm -hmm. from the dirt. Yes. Exactly. And so as you're as you're working through or people either growing what and using what they're growing or they're buying at the farmer's market or um, finding a, a good source of um, raw fruits and vegetables, then overcoming the the anxiety of what the heck do you do with all of this right and mm -hmm and really breaking down the skills of cooking because cooking doesn't have to be that complicated. I, for, for me, I find if I have an onion and, and some mushrooms and celery, I've got the beginning of, of anything. That's it's right. a, yeah. you know, or and throw some peppers in there and you have the trifecta of yumminess. Mm -hmm. So it's just making sure that you have that in the fridge, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, because when you go to the grocery store, you have to remember to buy those kind of things, not, right. not just stuff at the deli. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So it's easier. You know, honestly, it's easier to stop at the deli. But at the end of the day, it is <laughs> it is really a lot more fun taking taking the time out. Of, you have to really schedule some time for some food prep or you have to schedule some time for mm -hmm. creating dinner. But it doesn't mean that it's a large block of a block of time either um, putting together a quick dinner in 30 minutes is super simple to do it's just having the resources and the education like you provide for your clients to yeah. have something to fall back on have that five to ten solid recipes that you know are going to work and so once you have those consistent recipes it gives you the confidence to to go off the chart and change it up a little bit and throw something different into the same recipe. And now all of a sudden with the same base, you have something totally different. And also planning your day, because if you're doing a stir fry and you don't like cooking at the end of the day, take a break from work during the middle of the day or whatever you're doing and chop up the vegetables in the middle of the day, stick them in the fridge. And then when you come to make dinner, you're just throwing it into the pan. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to do it all at the same time. You can, you can vary it through the day. Cause I don't, my energy is not always great at the end of the day. That is true. Oh. And that's what makes us, I think, lazy at the end of the day, when you've worked all day long, the last thing you want to do is yeah. have to think about what's for dinner, mm -hmm. but the pre-planning part, and you have that expectation that when you come home, all you need to do is toss it in the pan and go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. And so now when you, do you um, teach in person and virtually or just in person i i can do virtually or in person yeah that's fantastic so if people that are listening are not in the victoria area they're more than that's welcome right. to get in touch with you to um for virtual classes and is it one class builds on it is it a one class or do you have sessions of classes it usually takes a few classes so mm -hmm. it will work it out and figure it out how much one person just wanted to learn how to make a cake. The one that was told she couldn't, she couldn't do anything in the kitchen. She wanted to impress her family making a, a bush de Noël, a Yule log for Christmas. Mm -hmm. So that took, we spent two sessions together and, and then she made it on her own and sent me a fabulous picture. Oh, how wonderful. So, 
Yes. So it depends on what their goals are and, and how much time and what they want. So that's great. That's great. And so then you can take, you have the flexibility to work a program in that's customized around what they're, what yes. they're looking to do and whether it happens to be a dinner item or a dessert item, um, whatever they need, you're able to work a program around them. That's right. Yes. That's, that's fantastic. And so how do people get in touch with you, Mary? What's the best way to find you? My website is kitchentimes.org. Mm -hmm. And my email address is chefmary at kitchentimes.org. Okay, that's great. And so, so make sure that if anybody would like to set up a, a time to cook with Mary, please do that because she has the knowledge and the knowledge base to do that. But I want to set the cooking part aside and just move on a little bit too and talk about being outside and being in the dirt. And what does that, what does that do for you? And what do you, what do you see as you're talking with people? How does that change their, their inner being and their outlook on everything? Well, just getting outside and, and it just feels so fresh. And after working the farm markets, I got used to working in the rain as well. So the rain is just fine. You just bundle up a little warmer and, and make sure your head's covered. But um, I, I do Toastmasters as well. And they had a hard time getting me to speak up. And one of my friends told me that when I started talking about vegetables, <laughs> I, got, I got loud enough and bright enough. And, and so, yeah, I'll talk vegetables any day, but. Um, it's just fun. It's nice to go out and weed the garden and make sure the plants are doing well and like it's time to trim the strawberry plants. So we'll go because I know that if I take care of those plants, they're going to produce some beautiful berries for me and I'll be able to have lots of yummy strawberries. So they're going to take care of you if you take care yes, of them. That's right. Exactly. Yes. And th there is there is an inner peace that comes when you're just out there pulling weeds. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And it is. There is just a it becomes very you're in the moment. And for me, it is just a it seems awful. I'm gonna go pull weeds. Well, no, it's really great because you just you're just being one with your garden and you're mm -hmm. making th things become much more simple. Yes. We also have families that quail and we get to watch them walk around and and they nestle into the dirt and stuff it's fun to watch the birds play around in the garden oh that's fantastic yeah that's fantastic well great uh -huh. thank you mary it's been a pleasure talking with you and thank you so much and um so as i said before if anybody needs to get in touch with mary do reach out we'll make sure her contact information is in the show notes and it's been a pleasure talking i love talking about gardening and i can't wait for the rain to stop so i can be out in the dirt <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. Hello, Lynn. Hi, Jean. How are you? I am fantastic. How about you? Wonderful. The sun is shining and I can't complain. Yay. <laughs> Yay. So Lynn, tell us what do you have us today in your rising up segment? Well, you just said part of it, the sun is shining <laughs> and, and I'm better because the sun is shining. And what I want to talk about today is something I see my coaching clients struggle with a lot, whether it's in sales coaching or whether it's in transformational work, 
people get stuck in this go with the flow versus structure dichotomy, right? It's like, can I just go with the flow or do I have to like plan everything and have structure? And definitely there are, there are personality types that prefer one or the other, right? But all of us have this like kind of what is it? What is it? And I want to say it can be both. And nature is a great model for how this can be. So I want to talk about, think about the analogy of the structure of the seasons. If you live where there are four seasons, as I do in Kentucky, you know, we have a definite spring, a definite summer, a definite fall, and a definite winter. And that's a structure. But you never know day to day, especially in the Ohio River Valley, what that structure is really going to look like. And there is no rule, right? The weather and the and the development of plants and what the plants are doing under the ground and all that stuff is totally in the go with the flow inside the structure of the seasons. And Jean, I had a, an opportunity um, this spring at the very beginning of spring to travel from Kentucky to mm. Massachusetts where you know it's several weeks behind us, right? And so, as, <laughs> right. And so, as my allergies had just started to make themselves known in Kentucky a little bit, then we went to Massachusetts and they were gone. Right. The, those pollens that were coating my car and making them that lime green color, it was, it was just gone. And then it was so interesting. We were there for six days. So, we were gone almost a week. Mm -hmm. And when we got back, home looked completely different, right? There were flowers blooming that hadn't been blooming. Trees had leaves that hadn't had leaves. It was much, much greener at home than when we left. Mm -hmm. And it was such a great object lesson in go with the flow inside the structure, right? And so that's the tip from nature today is let's all see how we can be in alignment with what we've come here to do and who we've come here to be inside of the structure that helps us get stuff done. So there you go, Jean, let's rise up. I love that. Thank you so much, Lynn. Thank you very much. And I, I love the fact that you notice the changes and, and going with the flow can also be so different if you were involved during the changes and how different both same time frame, but how different both aspects can affect you. That's brilliant. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. Today's show is sponsored by my Seaside Solutions, my financial services company. As a business owner, it's easy to be pulled in many different directions and often taking care of yourself plummets to the bottom of the list. For me, I find myself outside to reground. My time outdoors helps me manage my day more effectively and be more present for my clients. Through this, Discover Rising Tides was born. At Seaside Solutions, we truly believe that education is the foundation of financial wellness. Our primary focus is to provide guidance that is designed to help you achieve your long-term financial goals and visions. Working with a plan allows space for doing more things that you love, like being outside to make the inside better. If I can help you create or realign your plan, or if you would like to be added to my weekly newsletter, please let me know. This week's topic was five ways to set more achievable goals. Your referral means the big, beautiful world to me. And if I can help, please let me know. And thank you so much for listening and see you next time.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.